Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Facts of Life. I'm your host, Zakia, and these are the facts of my life. So before the episode gets started, I did want to let you guys know that we are starting something new, which is our show love series. And this series is going to be highlighting um, some creatives and entrepreneurs in the community, whether it's here, guys, to hear the rest of the series with the other entrepreneurs and creatives um that i have coming on the show and yeah thank you guys for joining in don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, stitcher radio iheart radio spotify soundcloud and let me let me know what you guys think about the episode and enjoy peace and our first guest of the series was to be Mad Nice Events that is based here in Houston, motherfucking Texas, ho. And, um, yeah, so Mad Nice is, sorry, they are community organizers in Houston. So far, they have brought you what a vibe for the people, and now they are currently doing Mad Nice Radio um, because of the times that we're in with, you know, the pandemic, social distancing, um, all that great stuff that's going on in the world today. Um, So from Mad Nice, I have Kyle and I have Senna. so please introduce yourself and talk about your role um, at Mad Nice. Cool. Kyle, I'll let you, I'll let you go first. Go first. All right. So my name is Kyle McClue. I'm originally from Louisiana, from the New Orleans slash New Orleans metropolitan area of Louisiana, because I have to claim the Plas Louisiana is too. Louisiana too. Spent. You said Plas. The Plas, the Plas. Okay. The Plas. Some people say Laplace is like tomato, tomato, but I spent a good portion of my life in New Orleans and a good portion of my life out there. Uh, so I claim both. Been in Houston since 2014 after I graduated college. Uh, so I've been here for a nice little bit. And as far as that mad nice, I am how Senator and I like to describe it. I'm like the front end guy. So I do a, a good bit of the bookings as far as like with the DJs, dealing with the venues, a lot of the front end stuff as far as reaching out to people. Um, and Senna and I, we do a pretty good job as far as splitting roles. We're like at a startup phase, but pretty much we all do, we all do everything. Whether it be front end, back end stuff, finances, business development, organizing the events, reaching out to the DJs planning events from start to start the end strategy all that good stuff so we're kind of like we're all we all do everything you know we all have plans and everything because we're like we're literally start up but primary primarily i'm like the front end guy so i'm the guy who does a lot of the business development work um that's how i like to describe my role and then a little bit of everything else that comes along with it with running the company uh my name is Sina Bajway. I have been living in Houston all my life. Uh, I don't say that like a like a de- like a like a jail sentence, but <laughs> I just I I just enjoy it. It's cheap. <laughs> but, uh, 
went to PV, State of the County. Uh, oh, should we talking about colleges now, man? I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just, desires. I'm just trying to thought how, how I got to this school in the world. So basically, well, went to accounting. I, I wanted to do something else after I got into it, uh, like three years afterwards. So <clears throat> met up with uh, Kyle at this uh, at this toy drive event, this Black Coalition toy drive, and we hit it off from there. From then, uh, we started talking about events uh, and what he was getting into. And I saw that what he what he could do, and I was like, I like what you're doing. I feel like you need a look. You need like the looks people could gravitate to. And so, yeah, that's where I got started doing the website. Started doing uh, the playlist. Uh, then it turned into graphic design. Then marketing. Then essentially, I just turned into a marketing coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> and just any anything visual or anything uh, where it comes to getting people to go to something that's like if it's visual, you've I probably made it. Yeah. So yeah. So like kind of like what I mentioned earlier, I do a lot of the front end stuff, and then Senna does a lot of the back end stuff. Mm -hmm. He's the guy who does the graphics, the marketing, manages the social media pages, do a lot of the websites, like a lot of the little things, like dope stuff. So most definitely was a, a valuable, valuable person to partner with for sure. Because I like dealing with the front end, dealing with the people and connecting with people and whatnot. And I can kind of I'm not the, I wouldn't say I can care less because it's very, very important, but I would rather not <laughs> do a lot of, that, do a lot of the, the back end stuff, like doing graphics and all that, you know, so it's, it's, it's dope. And I appreciate you in the beginning saying that we're community organizers, which is dope, which is, you know, going in line from what we were trying to do from the beginning when we first started the company and differentiate ourselves from other people doing events. It's like, yo, we just don't want to do events. We just don't want to be considered people that do events. We want to be considered people that are like community organizers. Like we're curators of culture and curators of the community and what's dope in the community. So appreciate that. Right. I love that. I love, I love, love, love that. All right. So before we get started, I have a segment on the show mm -hmm. where um, I do uh living my best life and basically this is um pretty much like an update on like what's going on in your life um whether it be your the week today the month the year um so i want to know how you guys are living your best life i mean the question really falls on which song you're talking about you're talking about <laughs> life living my best life or are we talking about Lil Duval living my best life? Well, Cardi, Lil, had, a, Cardi Lil, had a song too, uh, so you missing one song. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of depends on uh, my mood. 
All right, so what's your mood today or this week? Or I know the week just started, but. Uh, my mood for this week, honestly, is just like mellow, smooth. I'm trying to I'm trying to learn uh, how to design uh, a website using WordPress. So like I I need music to be calming so I can absorb information, uh, and then that way it'll always be in my head uh, for whenever I need it. Facts. I feel that. So how, how far along have you come in um, the research with the WordPress? Uh, so gone pretty far, actually. So I've been working on a local host drive uh, or server to practice what I want to build out. And I have all of it ready, prepared. And I just have to copy and paste it over into what I want, what I want it to be in the future. But I'm right now. I'm just gonna keep uh, messing around and uh, using it as a sandbox to try different things because it's not like I can destroy the the server or the website. So might as well just play around with it now. Right. I did a little. Um wordpress in college in one of my journalism classes so i know it's like a lot of coding and shit so more power to you with the um <laughs> with the written by the guy who wrote the alchemist so actually the alchemist is inspired by the pilgrimage. So the alchemist is an allegory of the pilgrimage. The pilgrimage is actually like his personal life and a pilgrimage that he went on uh, that helped him find like self-discovery and personal development. So I'm really, really, really deep into that right now. Just trying to figure out life, my life, direction I need to go, what God is trying to do with my life and all that good stuff. So life is dope right now. It's very, very interesting. It's been very, very interesting since 2019. Very interesting. Yeah. I can dig it. I feel like this is the perfect time to like, I mean, if you're somebody that's trying to figure out, you know, what you want to do and, you know, grow in your life, like this is the perfect time because a lot of people are working from home mm -hmm. and we're spending a lot of time at home and some of us may be spending a lot of time at home by ourselves. So yeah, I think this is a perfect time to do that. So I definitely commend you because, you know, there's some people that are having a hard time, you know, with all this free time. Um, personally, I am not because I've always needed this free time. <laughs> do things that I really want to do because, like, I just hate working in general. Like, that's just <laughs> never been my thing. Um, so yeah, I definitely commend you for like, just trying to figure it out pretty much. Cause that's what you do as an adult is you, you figure it out and got to read some books, may have to make a website. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we all have our creative outlets. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? 
care. Dude. Um, so how I'm living my best life is I'm definitely focusing on um, myself. Let you go first. The ladies first. You should let you go. No, first. you guys are the guests, so you can go first. It doesn't matter. I I talk a lot anyway. All right, you can go first on the next question. Then. No, you guys are the guests. That's the whole point. <laughs> it's an interview. <laughs> <laughs> and we was a conversation. Whatever. But it's a um, when you make it, when you say it's an interview. I get nervous, so <laughs> maybe it's a conversation. Well, you can work it out. Well, it, it, it really, it's not going to be that bad, I promise you. I promise you. It's really okay. Um, but yeah, um, I've been, like, focusing on self-control. I'm trying to stay focused. I've been doing, like, a lot of research, and <clears throat> I've just been, like, just trying to do the best that I can with what I have, and um, trying to stick to my uh to-do list too and not stray away from that because that can get challenging because you can get distracted i've i've definitely been doing like a better job with like putting my phone down and not trying to be on it as much because i'm like i'm spending three or four hours on instagram or twitter like i could yeah. be using this time doing something different and productive you know so that's what i've been doing um that's how i've been living my best life i've been um with the self-control like i've been channeling um you know all this energy negative energy i should say yeah, into my creative projects like you know if i'm upset or uh this may be too tmi but you know if i'm feeling horny or something like i've been trying to <laughs> You mean, you mean like Twitter for the past 50, 50 some odd days? It's not like everybody right now. Don't feel bad. <laughs> like I've been, I've been using, I've been trying to use my sexual energy to like be productive. The productive. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, like, it's yeah, like, counterintuitive, counter, uh, counterproductive. And thank you. Well, sexual energy. <laughs> and thank you, Rich. The guy said the, the most powerful energy is sexual energy. Once you learn how to convert sexual energy, to something, once you learn how to be able to, to hone and master and convert sexual energy, you become super, super productive. Yeah. But who you got beef with? Who you got beef with to say, yeah, I gotta work on my self-control? Um, I don't really have beef with anybody, but um, Stop there it. has been like some moments with, with some friends that <laughs> have yeah, kind of escalated. So, you know, I've just been trying not to like allow that to get in the way of the things that are more important because like, even though, you know, I may be friends with this person, like what I have going on, I feel like it's more important than to be sitting and dwelling about what other people are doing and how they're mm -hmm. reacting and responding to me because you know it it doesn't have anything to do with me at the end of the day so right yeah no, that's, that's very valid that's, yeah. that's that's very on point i think that's something we're all we're, well i can't speak for everybody i can speak for myself that's something we're all going through right like, out like, <laughs> why are you laughing Tina? <laughs> It's it's mainly it's mainly because you said I can't speak for everybody. Because you said I know we're all good. 
No, I said, I, did I say all? I didn't mean to say all. I say yeah, you that I'm going through, not all, that I'm going through. <laughs> I'm like, like, I was talking to my mom the other day, and yeah. my mom was like, and I talked to Senna about this too. Like, one of my friends called me, and he was pretty much like, man, he said, I want you to do something for me. I said, what do you mean? Like, what do you want me to do? He's like, call me for once. Like, just call call me up for once instead of me always calling you. And I was like, you know what? You're not lying. Like, lately, I have been in, like, a little box. And I talked to my mom about that. And I was like, I think I, I be, like, I've been in a box lately because this is the first time in my life where I don't have to – this is the first time in my life where I'm really just – it's just me. And I'm really dealing with just me. And I'm going through my thoughts and figuring out, like, the things that I think about during the course of a day and I'm trying to make it as much of me as possible because most of the time I'm always thinking about like what I have to do next or what somebody else is doing or what they're possibly doing. Or I talked to Senna, I asked Senna this last week going on, you know, in line with what you are talking about as far as um, your energies and what, what you put your energy towards. I asked Senna, I was like, man, what do you think about on a daily basis? Like what's something like, if you sit down and you think about your day and you think about your thoughts during the day, what are you thinking about? Mm. And like what we were saying was like, of course, sex was like the number one, like the most like the com- <laughs> it was like the common answer, <laughs> like yeah, like sex. <laughs> but the other stuff we was thinking, the other stuff we was thinking about, it was like a bunch of other random stuff. But like for me, I was going through my thoughts, and I was like, a lot of these thoughts aren't like about me and my personal development. It's like a lot of times worrying about other people. So I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, man, that's something I just got to work on. Yeah, I had that same conversation with one of my friends, too, from back home. And, you know, it looked a little differently because, um, you know, she just had a baby. So the communication has really been off since she's had the baby. But, you know, just even me moving to Houston, like, you know, our communication has had to change over the years. So, um, yeah, I definitely had that conversation last week too, and it it went pretty well. So, you know, I'm excited about what, um, stepping into like, you know, the end of our twenties and early thirties looks like, um, you know, for myself and relationships and friendships, whatever. So, yeah, this is a great time to be alive. It's a perfect time. I agree. It's a great learning opportunity. Yeah, I agree. So let's let's do a um an icebreaker. Okay, before we get into it the questions because I, I want y'all to feel comfortable this is no this is no pressure <laughs> all right Uh-oh. so you are a tour manager right yeah and Kendrick Lamar you're on tour with your artists um well I shouldn't say artists with your your company yeah um Kendrick Lamar is the headliner and he dropped out last minute and the concert is in 24 hours um who do you replace kendrick with and i guess i should i should say who's on the lineup and i'm i'm going off the top so whatever all right so kendrick is the headliner 
Yeah. Um, who do you have up on the lineup? Um, let's just say Lil Uzi. I'm just throwing out names. Oh, these people that replaced Kendrick? No, so Lil Uzi, um, hmm, what's the guy name you sent me, uh, Senna? Mick, Mick Jenkins. Oh, Mick Jenkins? Yeah, Mick Jenkins. Um, this was all over the place. That's all over the place. Yeah, I cannot. I, 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 with the crowd, like with those, with those names, I can already tell like which crowd is most definitely replace it with. It was either a festival or like something like a radio. It's just a regular concert, though. It's not a festival. Okay. Oh no, no, I still get that. I'm just thinking of like what type of crowd to like. K, K Dot's crowd is very specific. So to No, that's to what I'm trying to think. I don't really listen to Kendrick. Okay. But I heard, <laughs> <laughs> I heard one of y'all mentioning, so that's why I brought him up. So okay. All right, let's redo it. So Kendrick is still the headliner, right? So on the lineup, um who's similar to Kendrick? Damn it. Um he's on he's on uh T D, right? Yeah. Okay. You want to um, say this is a TDE tour? No, it doesn't have to be a TDE tour. Oh, fuck. So, artists similar to Kendrick, you could have, like, Rhapsody. You could have, uh, you want you want artists that, like, spit. So, lyricists. So, you want, like, Anderson Pax. Okay. Anderson Pack is on the lineup. Can um, we replace Kendrick? Like, if Kendrick can't make it, can we, like, book anybody? Or does it Bro, let her finish the scenario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Kendrick is the headliner. Uh, Anderson Pack is on the lineup. Um, yeah. I'm saying McJenkins, whatever. I like the nigga. I like McJenkins. McJenkins. Um, and he, and who is the last up. person that is very lyrical that I can think of off the top of my head? Um, I'll throw JID in there just to make it harder to pick a good headline. Dreamville, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Dreamville. All right, so you have Kendrick drops out. You have 24 hours to find a replacement. Who are you replacing him with? J. Cole. Ooh. Really? That's why I'm you, you know what? You know what? I can see why you picked J. Cole, but I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm gonna go with some up and com- up and coming people. I mean, if it's just a concert, that means it, it's a limited you space. Hairline or the switch with the hairline, if you can. That's true. Somebody hairline. That's why I say J Cole because it's kind of like this. Like, so you know, you got like a divide. There's people who think like Kendrick is the best artist, and then you got people that thinks J Cole is the best artist. But they each of those fan bases has a respect for each other. Like, I'm a Kendrick fan. I'm a huge Kendrick fan. Kendrick is like my favorite artist. But I have a big respect for J. Cole, where, like, if Kendrick can't make it and he gets replaced by J. Cole, I'd be like, all right, dope, cool. Because, like, ideally, if a hairliner drops out, I would ideally want another hairliner to, like, fill his place. Damn, there's so many artists, like, or not so many artists, but, like, in the same lane as Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. It's very hard to find, like, a lyricist that high up. 
So honestly, I would go with Nicole. I, I would I would go with uh Oh man. This is rough. This is rough. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. You don't know. I don't know. But granted, it's like by the numbers too, because I'm trying to figure out like what's gonna like still like keep my keep my ticket sales up. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking about. I'm trying to keep my ticket sales up. I don't want people asking for refunds. And or still might get some additional ticket sales, even though Kendrick might have to drop. That's yeah. why Right. If anything, if, if like just to keep it a, a thousand, I would just swap out uh I was swapping out for either Travis or Kanye. But the, but that's a crazy that's the thing about it. Like those But you would have to like drop a new album outside of Astroworld. No, but the the swing in the demographic might be like would be pretty interesting though. Cause like that Kendrick crowd is like different from that from that Travis crowd. <laughs> yeah, but he's like he's like Roots Picnic type crowd, but you would have to like but tell me another person oh, on that man. on that like lineup. Kendrick's crowd huh? is super diverse. I want to say Roots Picnic. Kendrick's crowd is like super diverse. What's Jay Z's festival? You said what's a Jay Z festival? Oh, the one in Philly, Made in America. Uh, made in America. Yeah, the made in America. But that's like a variety yeah. of people. Yeah, that's a variety of people for that. Journey. Yeah, that's a yeah. Fun then, then, but I would say think, so. I'm think I'm thinking like you know. You know, he's going on tour, like he's doing a tour, like Kendrick. This is Kendrick's tour, but he can't make it one night out of this tour. So then we cancel it, then we cancel him the date. <laughs> 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 this is his tour, yeah. We like a new date. <laughs> really? A new date? Yeah. yeah, it's his tour. Everybody's going to see him. I'm thinking he's talking about like a festival. If it was a yeah, festival. we can't replace him. Yeah, that's his tour. People came to see Kendrick Lamar, and if they if they come to see Kendrick Lamar and they see, like, no offense to anybody else, if they see like uh if they see like a J Cole out there, they'll be like, what the what the fuck is this? <laughs> this was the damn tour. <laughs> this is the damn. We're, we're special guests. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> With special guests. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into some questions um, about Mad Nice. So you guys are community organizers. How did all of this come about? Talk me through the process of starting Mad Nice and coming up with being community organizers here in Houston. How do you want to split up the story, Senna? Uh, start with KJ Presents. Let's All right, KJ Presents. All right, so Mad Nice is actually the spinoff of a company that I had prior to that. So <clears throat> I started doing events back in 2016. At the time, I was partnering with this one person, and she had an existing company, and I partnered with her, and I helped her with the company. We partnered for about, I want to say like six or eight months, like eight months, probably eight months, and we did a good number of events. We did a 
good number of like pretty cool events. And this was me. Um, I was in between jobs and I was just pretty much like keeping myself busy and I, I fell into events. Like I never thought I would have an event company or be a part of an event company. Like I never thought I would. Like I, I literally fell into it. Like my last, like two of my last projects at um, this one company I was at, it involved events. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Like I never thought about doing this. I'm actually pretty good at this. And then when I was in between jobs, I met this, this young lady. Well, yeah, young lady. We were young. We were real young. She had an existing company. We weren't dating. I see that face you made. We were not dating. No, I was a young lady. I was like... She was older. This uh, the reason. The reason why I stopped was because I had to remember she was older than me. Like she was like a couple of years older than me. But I met her. You know, she said I had this company doing marketing and doing uh, events. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, I just finished doing events. Like I just got into events. Like the last two projects at this last job, I found like I found out I was actually pretty good. But I'm really really good at these other areas. I can probably I can help you with this company and see how far we can scale it and grow it. So we partnered in events. Um, we partnered for about eight months, but we kept clashing. Uh, we had a falling out, decided to split. She continued on with the company. I dropped off. Took some time off for about like a couple of months. And I was like, you know what? I was actually pretty good at this event stuff. Uh, I always wanted to start my own company. Hey, let's give it a go. So I started KJ Presents. So it was just me for a little bit. It was just me for a for about a year, actually. It was about a year. I did a, a year in events where it was just me, KVJ Presents. That's where For The People first started. Did the For The People events. People started really rocking with it. And then Senna, and as Senna mentioned before, we met a couple of years prior, prior to all the, uh, before KJ events, before doing events. We met like a year or two before that at an event. We became cool, could continue to stay close. He came to a couple of those events, you know, popping up, showing up to the different events. And then he could, he was coming to like the KJ Present events I had. And then like one of the last for the peoples, he came up to me and was like, hey, I really, really like what you're doing. You know, I think I can really, really help you in these areas, really scale it, really grow it, just partner up. So we did another for the people, we did it together. And it was Senna, myself, and a, a, another friend of ours, Brandon, because Brandon was also, he came up to me like, yo, I really, really like what you're doing. Let me help you out. Um, I can help you in X, Y, and Z manners in different ways. We did another for the people. And it was us three putting it together. And we saw that we worked extremely well together. And then Senna was like, all right, let me, I'm really vested now. Like, I'm going to put money into this. Let's be partners. And then we came up with Mad Nice. Started rocking from there. Started been doing events from there. So... That was in 2019, beginning of 2019. We officially launched Mad Nights, but it was actually in the works since like the middle towards the end of 2018. Uh, and that's how Mad Nights started. So that's how Sun and I got together. And then we still have people like Brandon. Brandon still helps. He helps like, at an ad hoc basis, like for different events, he'll help. Uh, we got Tyron, who's also on the team, ad hoc basis, help with different events as needed. Dominique as well, she'll help at different events as needed and all that good stuff. So, yeah, we've been rocking since. ...thing about curating an event. Can y'all see me? Yeah. 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 All right, so what's, what's the most challenging thing about curating an event? Man. 
It depends. Man. Every every nah. situation is different. Nah, I, I would I would say the most challenging thing is getting for for what? a venue. Okay. So for what we imagine, like because space in Houston is so like, like a lot of a lot of the restaurants and bars in Houston do the whole lounge spot. So all these bars are trying to turn into lounges. Uh, and, like, and, stuff like that. and so it's a, it's a lot harder to find a space that is a lot more modular or a space that has a certain aesthetic because a lot of these places are doing renovations in order to catch up or to uh, follow a trend to make sure that they have enough customers coming in. Yeah. So, right. so whenever, you, so whenever I, whenever we think of like a concept for an event, it's always, it's always a grand, a grand concept. And then afterwards it's a, the location. And then we have to like scale down that concept for the location that we, that we have available. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's a good point. Cause like a lot of the venues, like for the type of aesthetics we want for our events and the type of feels that we want for our events, it's kind of hard. Sometimes it's hard to find that in Houston. What like, kind of, the aesthetic that you guys are are going for? Kind of like we wanted to feel very welcoming, open format, feel very welcoming. That's why we really like Lily and Bloom, because mm -hmm. it. It's very welcoming. It's very, it was very kind of like an artsy feel, like a cool feel. Like when you was coming in there, you was feeling like you wanted, you wanted to feel like you were somewhere else. You know, you wanted to feel like you were like this, this area of like, that's super, super cool, feels super, super exclusive, but still welcoming at the same time. Kind of like, like you hear about that dope, I've, I've been watching Hip Hop Evolution. Hip Hop Evolution, they used to talk about like all these dope, like underground hip hop parties and stuff like that, where it was like, like you knew like something special was going on in there. Like we want you to come in and feel like super welcome. We want you to know that you welcome, you coming into a space that feels like this special. It feels different from like the other spots, like in Houston and stuff like that. Cause kind of like what Senna said, like said, like a lot of these venues, they convert into like, lounges or nightclubs or kind of getting set up like you know um what's the, the new thing now is like a lot of those prospect parks seaside type deals yeah so a lot of the venues becoming redundant out here we were a spot that felt special felt different like when you go in when you come in it's like you feel welcome but you feel like you're in like a special place where like yeah you're not gonna find this anywhere else in, in houston you feel cool when you come in because he's like yo this place like feel real exclusive you know it's been, well for what a vibe at least. Like each event we do has a different aesthetic, but for the what like for what a vibe we wanted it to feel like that. Right. So. No, I I agree because like <clears throat> I've only been in Houston. It's been four years, and like I've seen um, you know I've gone out a lot, so I've seen the evolution of the nightclubs and the bars and the lounges, and it's like they are making them where it's like you're kind of forced to be in a section and you're forced right. to spend two three hundred dollars on a bottle which you know it's not always a bad thing but you know i've worked in a liquor store and i know those bottles that are three hundred dollars really be like forty thirty forty dollars in real life yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's a margin play. It's a margin play. Yeah. Right, definitely. But I will say that, you know, <clears throat> William Bloom is like a great place because you know, when you go upstairs, they have, you know, the couches or whatever. And I think there's artwork up there, but yeah. it does give you sort of a homey feel. And like, I know back home, you know, house parties were like a thing back right. home, um, especially like basement parties. Like I've had a, I've had a couple of basement parties back in my day. Yeah. Um, and it's like, those parties go up more than anything because like people want to feel comfortable they want to feel at home they don't want to spend a lot of money um not saying that people haven't charged to get into house parties but you know you don't want to spend a lot of money you want to know that you're going to be somewhere safe and comfortable so I want you to spend my money. <laughs> you know what we want y'all to spend money <laughs> wait what we want y'all to spend money. That's how we make money. Wait, no, I, I don't mean it like, but it's not like you're gonna go to, you know, a house party spending three hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. But mm -hmm. of course, like you obviously want us to spend money, but it's like right. <laughs> you, want, you want it to be chill. So it's like if I go to this place, I'm gonna want to spend money, but it's, it doesn't have to be three four hundred dollars on a bottle. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, you don't I would definitely say, you know, you guys are definitely doing something different than what I've seen I, so far. I would like to uh, just make an amendment on onto that. <clears throat> so, like, on top of uh, what the event is, I feel like the the mood is set by what the what the event is, and it's not necessarily about the location. It's more so of what the feeling of what the event is the spirit of it and so like with what a vibe uh some things i have in mind are uh inspirations that i pull from other events and try to create my own my own twist on what we're doing so a lot of how i want people to feel whenever they walk inside or uh, in terms of like if furniture is moved in a certain direction or spaces in this allotted space or whatever. A lot of that comes from like that open area feeling of you being outside but still being under like a, a, a canopy or something. Like whenever you go to those parties in LA, whenever the weather's like 70 degrees all year round and you go to these, <clears throat> you go to these events, and it's feel, it feels open, but at the same time, it feels like you communicate with a lot with everybody around you. And then on top of that, the music, we want, we want the music to really drive what is going on. So they're real picky about the DJs we work with. Yeah, so we 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 look, we look we through Houston for talented DJs that match our style and uh, the same way that Selection has certain DJs that that they like to use for their style of music. That's what we uh, that's what we do over here at Mad Nice. Yeah, right. Yeah, we, we like we're real picky with the DJs, but we also like. We enjoy kind of like crossbreeding these days. 
So like having a DJ with one style and then having a DJ with another style, it just brought, provides more diversity at a party. Cause like, you know how it is out there in Houston, you can go to a spot and you can kind of like name each and every, like I can go to a spot, I'm not gonna say what spots it is. And I know what songs the DJ is gonna run like right before I even walk, walk in. Right. Like, I, can, I can write down the list and I can tell you what time they're gonna play it too. But like, you know, that's facts. And that's, that's part of the reason why like, <clears throat> I've been like really selective about going out and it's like if I do go out one I need to know who the fuck is DJing that's mm -hmm. number one I need to know who is DJing because that's going to determine whether or not I want to go um right. because if you're not a DJ that I like I'm very picky too <laughs> when it comes to DJs as well and I think it's just like it may be like an east coast thing um I don't know but <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely, as a consumer, I'm definitely picky. And even, you know, I haven't done a, a whole bunch of events, but, you know, even when I'm picking things that I want for myself, like, I'm I'm very picky about that as well. So it's like, I could, I could definitely relate on the whole DJ thing because, like, I, I see that Houston is, like, slowly turning into, like, an Atlanta as well, like, with you know, um, the party scene, and it's like, you know, it's it's all about, like, who's going to be there? How do you look? What kind of car did you pull up in? Did you pull up in a Range Rover? Did you pull up in a Bentley? And, you know, and this is no slight or no shade to, you know, those lounges out here in Houston, but it's like, it's, it's definitely going in that direction. So it's like, yeah, like, once you get older, you start being more selective about, the music you want to hear, the people you want to be around. So, you know, I definitely do think that you guys are creating a great environment for young professionals to like have that outlet because, you know, after, you know, you've worked 40 hours throughout the week, like I don't want to come and see um, so-and-so doing, playing, um, Lil TJ, I don't even know who that is, but I saw him on Twitter last week. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't, even, I don't, I don't even know, I don't even know who that is. But it's like, you know, that's what they're playing, and I don't want to hear that shit. So <laughs> let me, let me, let me backtrack my, let me backtrack like one of my previous statements. Nothing wrong with like a, uh, nothing wrong with like venues playing certain music or a stage. No, it's nothing wrong. It's nothing wrong with, with it, but it's just like you start becoming more selective as you get older, you know? Like, you don't yeah. want to hear and see certain shit. And that's just, well, I know I, some I'll, people can relate. I'll also add on this, like, like with anything, like, as far as environments, like, for example, music is very subjective. A lot of people have a different ear. You know, like, what's hot to you might not be hot to somebody else. What's hot to them might not be hot to you. But that's, I, I feel like that's also the same thing as far as preference, as far as, like, your social environment. Some people want to go to those spots where it's all about, you know, like who's pulling up in what car, who's going to be in what section, you know, who's popping the as like the most bottles. Like some people, that's their way. Yo, that's them. That's their, that's their, that's their environment. Like even though it might not necessarily might not necessarily be for me, but it's for somebody else, which is dope. Or the playlist, like that they play. Like I said, like like I said, like I can pull up. And like I already know what the DJ like at this venue, I can tell you what the DJ gonna run at what time X Y and Z. 
somebody somebody might prefer that. Some people might really, really fuck with that. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. What Senna and I wanted to do was just create something different for the other people. For other people who, who might not have that many outlets for like the DJs who don't have a different type of playlist. You know what I mean? Or when we get different DJs with different playlists and we put them together so like the, the music throughout throughout the night was the, throughout the night was just all over the place because we make events that are like really, really big for like music lovers. Cause you don't hear like a lot of deep crate stuff. You don't hear a lot of stuff that you're not like. That's like might be deep in uh, an artist album that you're not gonna hear anywhere else at a venue or another event. The B side. Yeah. Like, B-side. What? <clears throat> like some people, like we've had people who come to our events and they didn't necessarily rock with it, but that's perfectly fine because like we're gonna, we're doing our events for like a group of people, a certain group of people that really really rock with our stuff, and they're gonna invite more of those people in that following in that group. Like we we fully know that night that our events are not gonna be for everybody. You know what I mean? Right. Just like those nightclubs or those lounges might not necessarily be for us. You know what I mean? It's, it's a balance, you know what I mean? So I'm gonna backtrack some of the stuff I said. <laughs> no, that's fine because, you know, I go to those places. I, I mainly go if I have people that are in town, you know, like, Mm-hmm. especially like from my hometown because like this this whole you know club scene is not something that we're used to so like yeah I go and show that and I do have friends that you know they like going to Seaside they like going to the address and I'll go every now and then is it my steez is it my stilo no not I mean I've grown out of it I've been there did that it's fun every once in a while but like um I don't know. I just think it's a great thing that you guys are creating this environment for, you know, the people that want this type of thing in their lives and they yeah. want to hear this type of music. So, well, we do like you know, like what they say, every entrepreneur should do. Like you, you create a business to 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 fulfill a need. Right. You create a business to fix a problem or to fulfill a need. Like people are like, yo, I need. A little more diversity in my social activities. Like I need a different, a different feel, a different, a different environment for an event. You know what I mean? And that's what we provide. We want to be right from the jump. We sold ourselves right. We want to be completely different, all the way down to the marketing. Like the marketing for a lot of these other events here is like bottles, popping bottles, like sparklers. You know what cars are pulling up? And we was like, yo, this is this isn't us. Like I don't, I don't pop bottles. Like I barely drink. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, got, I don't wear like the biggest chains. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not about to pull up in like the, like at one point at, in the future, just begin to existence when my finances are right. I'm gonna pull up in. Come on, But we was like, yo, this is this this just isn't us. What's us? And we're yeah. like, like that's why we took the approach of like we're more than event plans with community organizers because we wanted to be on that end. Like we yeah. we're on that end, like it's about the people. Make it less about us and more about the people and the people that come to our events. You know, so, you know, everybody just got a different feel. Everybody got a different speed. One of my good friends who I went to high school with, he's all for like the, he's all for like the popping the bottles and the getting the sections and the, you know, taking pictures of every Balenciaga he got. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that, that's his energy. That's his wave. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what he likes. And I was like, all right, dope, cool. But I, you know, our events might not necessarily be for you, but our events might be for this person right here, who every day talking about different music they're listening to and like different 
who went to like real, real cool stuff, who's like huge fans of, of Virgil or something like that. I'm a, I'm a huge Virgil fan. So, that's uh, you like huh? <laughs> that's you, yeah, 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 you know, like you know, people feel like you know, people like that. So, you know, like we're just fulfilling the need, meeting the void, yeah, you know, so that people feel like hey, they, they don't have that many of these and these type of events in Houston, you know. Speaking of, speaking of Issa Ray, uh, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if everybody's uh, spoiler alert or telling <laughs> Be a spoiler. I'm gonna try not to, but just the the fact that on the show, so as she's setting up the blog party uh, and executing it, <clears throat> like there are a lot of things that are similar, uh, a lot of uh, setbacks, a lot of uh, goals that are similar that you can see mirroring the show on what, like we like we're trying to do in terms of uh, setting up an event that caters to people that like different styles of music and don't want to just listen to the top 40s uh, every time they go out. Right. So I enjoy the fact that whenever people come to our events, they have to pull out their phones, get on Shazam, have to go on Spotify, have to, have to go on Apple Music, Pandora, just to just to find find what that song that was playing during our during one of the DJs set. Right. Just the fact uh, music exploration is one thing that I enjoy about, uh, especially like what a vibe uh, in just events like that. But we want to make sure that we are being able to. We want to be versatile in what in our approach, right? So I just love the fact that whenever we come up with an idea for an event, we we don't just think about the market here in Houston. We think about all markets uh, around the U.S. Uh, and frankly, around the world, if I if I've seen a festival in Glasgow or Amsterdam or in Australia, New Zealand, like we pull inspiration from that and try to uh, have that same feeling that people have at those events, at those festivals, at our events. So whenever every time you come to one of our events, it's it's more of a memory and less of a just an offhand thing. Yeah. Hey, don't give them too much, bro. Don't give them too much of the sauce. All right. <laughs> look, look, they, they still they still wouldn't know what I what I'm talking about or what I'm thinking. <laughs> so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> don't give them too much of the sauce, bro. My mind different. Yeah, we, we we strive to be extremely different, and then like he said, all that stuff is kind of like we look on it. We look at it in the aspect of like, um, what's something different we can bring? What's something we learn from our past experiences that we can bring? What's something that's gonna make it special? And then at the end of the day, is it scalable? You know, that's the. And I'm gonna stop right there because I can't give these people too much of our secret sauce. Nah, it's okay, because this is a perfect segue. You guys kind of answered one of the other questions that I had later on, but 
Um, we'll just move on <laughs> to the next question. We look at this like art. It's art. Let's put it like that. We look at this like art. Yeah. Each event is an art painting. Yeah, each event is an art painting. That's how we look at it. Definitely. All right. So, what's the biggest le biggest thing you learned since starting Mad Nice? Patience. Patience. Tell me about your patience since starting Mad Nice. Because at the end of the day, I at the end of the day, I you know, like anybody who starts a business, who anybody who's an entrepreneur, they wish their stuff can pop like literally now or tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's a grind. It's literally a grind. Like the big thing for us this year, the big thing for us this year, and we've been doing an amazing job at it is, uh, and I heard, and and Tillerman, he speaks about it, like the owner of the Houston Rock is the guy who owns like all of the food chains and restaurants and not food, well, all, like the restaurant chains and uh, he he talks about like the five percent, paying attention to the five percent, and the five percent are like the little things. It's the little things you don't recognize. And in, in his case, he talks about his restaurants. As far as that goes into the overall customer experience, so he's like, as soon as somebody steps out the car and they're in their parking lot, you want that customer experience to be amazing from the jump. And he's like, if you walk, if somebody gets out the car and they look in the parking lot and there's like empty cups and empty plates in the parking lot and it's dirty, like to most people you know they don't pay attention to that so you're talking about that's like that that's that five percent those small things that you need to notice from the jump at from that 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 may hinder somebody's experience at your restaurant you know he talks about that so for us the big thing i know for me was patience and paying attention to the little things like that five percent like we sent and now we made it a big point of uh as far as like processes wise that five percent paying attention to the details, taking our time, paying attention to the detail, details and know that when we do, things will start growing. And then as far as our marketing wise, the, the big marketing theme for this year is, is all love. We can get to that later. But that's the, I think that's the biggest learning lesson, at least for me on my personal end, is patience. Like Senna, Senna has to talk to me sometimes because I can get antsy at times. Yeah, me me and Senna talked a little bit about patience before, so. <laughs> did, he mention, did he mention me? No, he did not mention me. Oh. Well, we were we were just chatting, and he was like, "I'm we okay." We were running, and and you know, I'm a little bit slower. I ain't gonna lie to you when it comes to the running. Yeah. And I said to I said to Senna, I said, "You're so patient. Thank you for being so patient." And he was like, yeah, like, I've came a long way, you know, <laughs> impatient or whatever. So we had a little bit, a little conversation about, about patience. And I think, you know, whether you're doing business or your personal life, like, it's definitely, you know, something very important to learn. Like, it's, it's one of my biggest lessons in general in life. Like, I have to, you know, I've, I've came a long way, but I'm still working on my patience, but you know, yeah. for anybody that's starting something new, whether, you know, you're doing it for money or, you know, a hobby or whatever, like, it's, it's definitely going to take time. So I can definitely relate with the patience. Like, it's it's a, it's a lesson. Yeah, Nipsey wasn't lying. It's a marathon. Yeah. Marathon. So, like, and like you said, across the board, like, patience is, like, you need patience across the board. Relationships, business. Like anything, like 
I forgot who told me this, but it keeps coming up. Anything worth having, you know, requires a good bit of patience. Right. No, that's real. All right, Senna, what's the what's the best thing you've learned since starting um Mad Nice? Uh the best thing I've learned is I mean, the first thing is patience. <laughs> the sec the second the second is uh, crisis management. Ooh, I've gotten, yes. uh, been able to really, really hone that with uh, all the issues, all the problems. I mean, if you you ask Kyle, like whenever we first started doing events, every time we would do an event, I'd, I'd be a little antsy because I'd be <clears throat> I'd be thinking about all the all the all the issues that could, that could come up, but at the same time. I can't just worry about all that. So throughout throughout the entire year, uh, talking through all these steps and really learning the processes uh, that we have in place, it's helped with being able to have a plan B. Uh, crisis management. That's true. So, so tell us about your plan B's. Like, how do you come up with the plan B? Or is it something where, like you plan something and um, you something may come up and then you have to come up with a plan B? Or do you already formulate a plan B when you come up with plan A? Can I answer this one, Senna? So, so, so I'll, I'll say I'll say this. I, I won't go into detail about it. Uh, <laughs> okay. But whenever we're coming up with these events, and by the time by the time people see it, it's it's like at least ninety percent fleshed out. Yeah. So by the by the time by the time you see it, we we already have an idea of what we want to do. And if something happens, we can we can maneuver our way through it. Yeah. So we uh, we we pride ourselves on processes. So somebody like when people ask us what was one of the key differentiators between ourselves and like other people out here that do events and whatnot, it's like we're huge on processes. Like we keep track of everything. Like literally, we'll if we do an event we'll run through all the potential issues that can happen and oh I can't I can't I can't tell I can't I can't, I can't say too much. But we're huge on problems. Just share whatever you feel like. Let's put it like this. Let's put it like this. Center Center thank you Center for stopping me. Let's put it like this. Center like Center said like before you come, we'll have we'll have it all the way planned out and all the way ran through and with potentials as far as potential things that can come up. So it's like when you come in, that's how you look at it. Right. It's like a big piece of our processes is kind of like, all right, what can go wrong? Like like what Senna said, like what can go wrong? He'll run it through his head as X, Y, and Z. So that if it were to happen at the event, we're able to handle it. What we've learned is, what we learned is a lot of times, and and this is a testament from doing like the Mad Nice radios we've been doing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes things happen that don't, that you don't plan for. Right. But our ability to 
come up with solutions to that is a lot of that is due to experience. And just having experience and then coming up with a solution just based off of past experiences. Like we had an issue, we had a technical issue like this last week for one of the Mad Nights radios. And and what people don't realize is is like when they watch Mad Nights radio and they see the DJs X, Y, and Z, what they don't realize is like the communication flow between Senna and I in the background. Or Senna and myself and the DJ in the background. So it's kind of like got game plans ahead of time as far as like managing those crises mm -hmm. but then a lot of that stuff is like something comes up that we didn't plan for but you know i'm a huge believer in, huge believer in that guys not gonna put anything in your life you can't handle right you know, so we you know we have a constant communication back and forth so the big thing is communication we have constant communication back and forth uh, and just you know troubleshooting throughout the throughout the event to make sure it's as smooth as possible or if something comes up how can how do we handle it to make sure that the experience is still enjoyable right anything else you want to add Senna? i didn't give too much right Senna? <laughs> uh no that's 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 pretty much it uh, <laughs> in terms in terms of things I've learned a lot, a lot of skills uh, while on this journey. I've learned how to uh, make graphics from start to finish, like the the flyers. The if you saw the first flyer that that I did was uh, our our launch event, mm -hmm. and from there, I just basically like started to learn the steps of graphic design uh, and how the theory, like the theory of colors, the, the sociology of, of colors or the psychology of it and how to just get people to look at something longer. So trying to uh, navigate that and learn a new skill is, honestly kind of fun so that's what i enjoy doing right yeah um with anything like one thing i've learned you know with doing the podcast is like you you really have to like sit down and you have to want to be willing to also do the research to get to a certain level in you know your craft whatever the craft may be and um I wanted you to kind of expand a little bit on like learning new things and learning new skills when it comes to a business because I, I feel like a lot of people skip that step um, and they just want to go from A to Z without having to do B, C, D, you know, all the letters of the alphabets to get to the, the end result. So how do you overcome you know learning new things because it, it, it's not always easy like learning something new especially like you know it's something that you're not being told to do either mm -hmm. like you're not in school anymore so you know these are things that you have to go out and learn yourself you know what i mean yeah mm -hmm. 
it's a lot of research and then a lot of just doing. So I know like for me personally, as far as uh, when I made the decision to go into events, I started seeking opportunities for me to just volunteer and stuff or to help certain things. So at one point, um, after I did my stint with that, my, my, the first business venture with the, with the, with the girl, I said like I had a part, I was in partnership, I got a partnership with her and then we ended up splitting the partnership. Uh, after I split from that company, I had some downtime and I started helping with one of one of the bigger concert promotion companies in here in Houston. Because I came to I came to the conclusion, I was like, you know what? I'm I'm pretty good with these events. Let me see how like let me see if I can build on this. And 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 this was while I was I decided to do my own events as well. I was like, I need additional experience. So I started helping with one of the bigger concert promotions here in Houston, concert promotion companies here in Houston. And then that enabled me to work a bunch of concerts. Like I was at concerts two, three times a week. Mm. Like, I, like Warehouse Live. That's why I know all the people at Warehouse Live because I was there like there, there like at least three times a week. Mm -hmm. so helping at the concerts over there. And then that then enabled me to help at some of their festivals. So I started working festivals and like seeing like the different roles and things going on at different festivals. And then I ended up networking with other people who was like in that live entertainment space and started helping at other events and other festivals. Like I remember one year I helped at Day for Night Fest. Actually the last year at Day for Night Fest, I helped at Day for Night Fest. So just, so a lot of it was me doing my own research and reading and learning, but then it also incorporated, I also incorporated just doing it myself, like going out and actually looking for opportunities to work events or work concerts or do my own events, you know, to build that experience. What about you, Senna? So in terms of learning a new skill, I would say it's mainly about playing to your strengths. Mm -hmm. So figuring out what you want to learn the most. It's not about learning everything. So I said earlier that I'm learning WordPress, but I'm only, at the moment, I'm not going to try to learn everything on the planet about WordPress. I'm learning about the things that I, I see an issue with that I want to learn. And whenever I find that, that tool or that instruction on how to learn that specific thing, I expand from that. And then that way I start off with one thing and it could lead off to like four other things and then so on and so forth. So whenever I'm learning a new skill, <clears throat> I specifically point out one thing, learn that. And then if something else comes up that I didn't know from that, then I'll, if I'm curious about it, I'll look into it. And that's how I've been learning each new thing. It's just been, find exactly what I what my question is, find that answer from that answer. Is there something in that answer that I didn't know? If there is, research that and then keep going. Expand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. I want to know, what's your favorite 
thing about live music, hearing live music, um, you know, going to the concerts, uh, whether it could be a concert festival, but what's your favorite thing about live music from, you know, versus hearing it on an album, you're streaming it to seeing the artist in person performing it? I would say my favorite thing about live music is just the fact that you get a different feeling whenever you're there in person with the artist. Because you might feel a certain way whenever you heard that song, but the artists, whenever they're on stage, had like a different intention. And so it's interesting to see how those like two things line up. But at the same time, you're also with a lot of other people that heard that same song, had a different memory attached to it. But everybody has the same energy towards that same song. So that's one thing I like about live music, just the fact that you're with a lot of people that don't may not even know who you are. But this one artist or this one song sets something off in everybody that just brings everybody into like unison and so live music i really enjoy whenever like an artist can really bring that emotion or bring make people move a certain way whenever they perform it that's what i like about it that's what i fuck with and that's why I, I really like to get into events. Because of the live music and, and how it makes people feel. Yeah. All right. I received that. Kyle? Yeah, same thing for me. Like, I really like the vibe and the energy. And I've, I've gone to a lot of concerts and I've worked a lot of concerts. And it's cool to see how like each artist or each each artist or each concert has like a different a different it's like a different group of people might have a different energy, but there's kind of like this oneness about it that everybody's there to have a good time and listen to like good music that they enjoy. And then even sometimes in the aspect of discovering music or listening to somebody who you know they're a talented artist, but you might might not like but you might not know their entire portfolio of music. Mm-hmm. You might not be a fan, but you respect like you're you're respectful of them. And then you even go to the, like one of their shows and you listen to their music and then you discover new songs from them. You're like, oh shoot, I never heard that one before. That was good. That was dope. Like it's just a lot of it's a lot of cool things that happens at like concerts. That's my neighbor. Oh, <laughs> I definitely don't have a dog. I do. <laughs> Uh, there's a lot of cool things at concerts as far as like music discovery or being a super fan of somebody and everybody in there knowing their stuff like word for word if you're part of that group. Uh, the vibes that's created from like concerts and events and shows or festivals. Uh, just the energy. I love the energy about it. Like anytime I go to a concert or a show, like I just feel the energy and I love it. Sometimes I, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get into that as far as like our crazy concert stories. You, you most definitely feel the energy, whether it be good or bad. <laughs> right. No, I agree. Um, 
I'm not like a huge concert goer, um, but now that, you know, we were just <clears throat> camel backing off of, of her, I will say like, just going to a couple of her concerts, um, I just really appreciate like the artistry and like the fact that she's one of very few artists that know how to play instruments. And yeah. a lot of sets are dope. Yeah, like that's important to me because it's like, you know, you, you not only sing and you sing well, but you know how to play an instrument. And I don't know if everybody has learned how to play an instrument, but it's not easy. Um, right. So learning how to play an instrument and then you're singing and you're singing very well, <laughs> you're playing the instrument very well. It's yeah. like, I, I need all of the, the th theatrics that come with um, live music because I love drama in general. Like I was, I was in drama when I was in high school, but um, just You're talking about the R and B group. You talking about like drama, drama? Yeah, like I just, I just love the, you know, the dramatics of, you know, from start to finish. Like there's a story to tell. So yeah, yeah I definitely love live music. All right, top three concerts you've been to and why? Shit. Before we get into that, I'm surprised Finna no. didn't say that his favorite aspect of live events are like the mosh pits. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 go, that goes into uh, what it's about, though. That, yeah, that's, that's definitely... Uh, all right, but... Uh, you know how we talk about like it's a balance, like life is balance, and like we complement each other extremely well. We're balanced. Like he's the high energy guy, and I'm the chill guy. Like Sin is the guy who's like, yo, let's get up closer, and I'm the guy like, nah, I'm cool in the bag. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, Sinner. <laughs> Sinner had a try. Like the last Travis Scott show we went to, like this dude Sinner, like he tried his hardest to hang with me in the back. Like I was in the back and he tried his hardest to hang with me in the back, but by the time it was over, like he was in the mosh pit. As soon as Mama Cedar popped on, he turned around and looked at me and I was like, just go. I said, go. Yeah. <laughs> just go. go ahead. Enjoy your life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, there, there's something about like live performances that like you can't match that type of, uh, that type of energy. Uh, so, the shows that, like, really put an impression on me were Kanye West, his Yeezus store, was probably one of the most visually pleasing, uh, and, like, also, like, really just set the tone for me in terms of uh, large concerts. So, his was all about storytelling from start to finish, every song had a story to tell and the backdrops and the set design that he used told that story. Uh, another one would be Travis Scott. And it's not even about, it's not even his, one of his sold out shows at uh, Toyota Center or the show, the show at Coachella, his set at Coachella, which was fucking wild in and of itself. But also, it's just he had a show 
in Houston at Warehouse Live days before the rodeo, which was like right before he was really about to blow. He was getting on, on songs with Jay-Z. He was on Cruel Summer. Uh, he just released his mixtape uh, days before the rodeo. And at that moment, you could tell like a star was being born. Uh, and so at House, at House of Blues, it was a sold out show and everybody there was going insane because you had him and you had Young Thug uh, performing. And so like, you, could, you could feel the ground uh, oscillating while people were, were jumping during the song. And so that, in terms of uh, memories, like that, is, that goes like top tier of concerts. Uh, just because of what the situation was on top of how he was performing, on top of how the crowd was receiving him. So that all like plays a factor. And then the third one would be uh, Baychella. And just the fact that uh, it was just watching history in the making. And I didn't care. And I didn't realize they were shooting a, a Netflix special for it. Because it was the like how it looked in person just just felt as monumental as it did on the Netflix documentary, mm. and so all all through it, and this goes like the same thing with Kanye. The fact that whenever you're performing and whenever you're an entertainer, you're telling a story from start to finish, because as she was performing. There was no, there was no time during the entire two-hour set where there was like a downtime or where everybody was just frozen. Everybody was watching her or watching a video or in the moment. And so, as the story was being told, there was no drop-off. I didn't see anybody leave at all. Until that show was done and fireworks were popping. Mm. She had people captivated from start to finish. And mm. that's one that's one thing that I like genuinely respect about those types of artists that create storylines while they're performing. Like the Sminos and the Sabas, the Mac Millers, RIP, like those like those types of artists that want want to take you on a journey as they're performing. Right. Okay. How many are we doing? Three? Yeah, three. Oh, three. Kendrick's damn tour. That was fire. Man, like I said, Kendrick's like my favorite artist. But I've been super, super, I think one of the cool things is I've been super blessed to see a lot of artists, like right at the very beginning. So I remember. Kendrick doing a show when I was at Xavier and there was like 25 of us in there, like 20, 30 people, 20, 25, 30 of us in there. And then he does his first like stadium, like arena tour, damn. And that was like probably, that was arguably the best tour that year, like hip hop tour, hip hop, hip hop show tour that year. Like, and it goes back to like what Kendrick, not Kendrick, but back what Senna was saying, like his whole set was like a story. Like a story from beginning to end, and like it was just, it was super dope. It was amazing. Uh, so Kendrick, 
a lot of my other stuff are like tied to like memory. Like it's kind of like a it's like a special type of special energy. So YG's performance at Coachella, I think that was, and and this is the I'm a I'm a YG fan. I'm not like a super super YG fan. Because it was literally, I think it was the day of Nipsey's funeral, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it the, the day of Nipsey's funeral? No. Or the day after? It was uh, the week of. No, it was that day. It was either that day or the day after. It, it was. It was the week of. But anyway. The funeral, no, I'm talking about Nipsey's funeral, Nipsey Hustle's funeral. It was like either the day of or the day after. Because it was on a, because his set was on a, I'm going to look it up. But it was either the day of or the day after Nipsey's funeral. And you know how YG and Nipsey are super, super tight. So, right. like, like, he did, like, the whole set dedicated to Nipsey. Plus, it's on the West Coast where, like, YG is, like, king. Like, people love YG out there on the West Coast. So, that mm -hmm. it was Nipsey, like, throughout the whole set, like, he'll have, like, images of Nipsey and all that stuff, and Nipsey saying things. And then what was also really cool about it, he based, like, kind of like the setting of his set was Tupac's performance at the House of Blues. The one, like, one of the few, like, one of his few concerts that, like, recorded, like, all the way through, from beginning to, from beginning to end all the way through. Like, his setting was, like, based off of that. And that was just a different energy. Like that was, it was kind of like, kind of had to be there. Like never be there. Like, it, like it was, like and and to be a hundred with you, like going into like going to Coachella, like I didn't think like YG was my favorite set. Like I respect YG, I rock with YG. I didn't think he's gonna have my favorite set, but that bad boy, it was just, it was just different. Like that shit just. And I think it was, I think it was because it was like, you literally felt like Nipsey spirit out there. Cause it was like, literally like, the, it was either the day of the funeral or the day of the funeral. It was just, it was, it was different. It was crazy. I love when like, you know, you're not like super invested in an artist. And then you may go to another artist concert that you really like. And then they mm -hmm. may be performing and it's like, you know, you're surprised by how they perform and they somehow you become like a fan um that's that's how it was with um me uh, i went to rihanna's concert back in 2016 yeah. and travis scott opened up and i, I don't know anything about this man but when i tell you his energy was like Oh, yeah. Some of the best, some of the best energy, like, I've ever seen at a concert. And mind you, I didn't even know who this, who this man was. This show was a legendary. Yeah. So I think it's, I, I love that part about concerts when it's like you're introduced to somebody new. Yeah. Um, like, I went to Beyonce concert and um, what's his name? Luke James opened up for him. Mm -hmm. um, Luke James, um, the guy that played, he played Johnny Gill in the New Edition movie. Yeah, he's, he's a singer. Very, he's yeah, he's a singer. He's an R&B singer. Um, 
But he was, I was like, who the fuck is this? Um, but yeah, I, I love that part about, about concerts, about, you know, because it, it gives you the opportunity to uh, bring their music to life and to understand, like, what they're going through and you can feel their energy. And I think, um, just to reference the Joe Budden pod again, but when he, <laughs> when it was like this big thing about Summer Walker and how she was terrible at performing and shit oh. or whatever, I just thought that was pretty funny. Cause I'm just like, that would, that would piss me off. You know, if I went to a concert and you was giving me low fucking energy, like I would be mad, you know, like, Okay. And especially if I paid my good hard-earned money to show up to this place because concerts, parking is not cheap. <laughs> and, you know, you got to buy all this other shit. But, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you guys had good experiences. Um, all right. This is this will be my last question for the night, and I hate to I hate to end it because um, I have so many more questions. <laughs> but uh, um, have you guys had any bad experiences at concerts? Ooh. All right, let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Testament to this guy, because he's gonna be like, I, I, like I said, I've been blessed to see a couple of artists like watch him from like the very jump. Kendrick, J.I.D., uh, Cole, like Cole came to Xavier. Well, Cole wasn't, he was still popping when he came to Xavier, but I remember Kendrick. Kendrick was on like 20 of us, J.I.D., uh, a couple of artists is like right at the beginning, but Maxwell Cream, Maxwell Cream is popping now. I remember I went to a show, it was Maxo Cream and this guy named Dash. So like if like a couple of years ago, if you were really into like underground hip hop music, like Dash was like one of them guys. Like this was like a little bit after the backpack era. And I was a, 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 a I was a fan of Dash. And it was like I wasn't even there to see Maxo. But it was here in Houston. And um it was at numbers. You know numbers nightclub on Westheimer? All right, it's this place called, and it's like the weirdest spot. <laughs> it's like, it's like this nightclub that they is a multi-purpose. Like, I've seen like they have drag shows there. I've seen they have like, like electronic parties, and then on Sunday they turn it into a church. It's like, it's a crazy setup. But numbers, numbers nightclub. It's kind of like you would walk straight in, you film your ticket, like there was no security. <laughs> there was no security. The crowd there was like no the cops. Weird, no cops. Like the crowd there was like the weirdest mix of people. And it was like, you remember Slim Jesus? Yeah. There was a kid that looked like the emo version of Slim Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> this kid was like he had on this is this white kid he had his nose pierced he had like the little hoop, the bull nose thing. he had this purple he had the purple blue rag and the tail was like super long and then he had on like a fubu it was like the weirdest mix of people <laughs> but I was like I'm gonna I'm just rock it out here and like 
Dash goes up and performs, and like there's a stage full of people. It's like one of those shows where like people are all on the stage, and like I think it was like one of Max, like a group of Maxo's people. It was, it was Maxo's because I remember it was his one of his guys because I met him like last year. Met him last year, the year before. Cool guy, like cool, super super. Max is a real cool guy too. Um, but I remember in the middle of Dash set. Like his people, like literally jumped off the stage and then rushed to the front door. Like went through the, like jumped off the stage, went through the crowd, and then went to the front door. Like something was popping, like something was popping off. And me, I'm looking around. I'm like, yo, something popping off. Like, yo, like we, we like why nobody moving? Why nobody get? Why nobody doing anything? Cause everybody in there was fucking high as a kite off of something. Like it was the weirdest group of kids, and like they all just. <laughs> Stage and shit, and like they jumped off the stage. Like they literally jumped off the stage, ran outside for some reason. I don't know why. And then they came back and hopped on the stage, and like they had like this real serious. Thing. And I'm like, yo, why am I still here? And I left. <laughs> but shout out to Max because he's come a long way. Yeah, I don't know much about the man, but um. You know, some guys that I've dated out here, they try to shove it down my throat, and I'm just like, it's cool, but it ain't my, it ain't personally my thing. But um, that sounds no shade, but your experience sounds pretty on brand, just based off the things that I've seen. Max has come a long way. I remember. I'll throw in this story. It wasn't like a bad experience. It was actually an amazing experience, but it was like very like off the wall. Mm-hmm. And Denzel Curry like like rushing off stage and leaving a lot of people outside of a venue. Rest in peace, XX Extension. They turned their mics off because like sound like noise violations. <laughs> it was during South by. And it was like oh. and there's like, you know, Texas venues, you have to stop playing like concerts, you have to stop playing music at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And it hit that time. But like Denzel wanted XX Extension to perform. This was like nobody knew what XX Extension was. And like the nights out they were like, get this, we can go to Sixth Street. And like they all jumped off stage. They jumped off stage and rushed through the crowd and led a mob of people to Sixth Street. It was amazing. It was on some NWA stuff. Never, mm-hmm. never forget it. I love spontaneous shit. When I'm in the mood, of course. But yeah. <laughs> yeah you can't be in the mood for spontaneous shit. I have to be in the mood. I'm not spontaneous, so I have to be in the mood. Like, I have to be like... That's why it's spontaneous. You get, it just happens. You just gotta be in that but moment. Like, you you have to feel it in your spirit. You know what I mean? Like, you know, does that make sense? No, I get it. I get it. I'm just you saying you can't... You have to, like, feel it. Like, energy it. has to be right. Because if no. you're in a bad mood, you you probably may not want to be as spontaneous. I understand. No, that's, that's facts. That's facts. All right, Senna, what's your worst concert experience? I mean, I don't really have any bad uh, concert experiences. <laughs> You don't. I I pick I pick and choose the artists I I want to go see, 
for specific reasons. <laughs> and it, like the, the, in the artist. Nobody's perfect though. Like, you Are know, you a I concert see. snob? What? Are you a concert snob? A little bit. I mean, the the thing the thing is like whenever I go to a concert, I, I'm going there because because I know that that artist energy, so that that's what I typically expect when I get there. Well, my 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 bad experiences are mainly about uh, whenever I I go to a concert and my expectations aren't met. Uh, don't talk about that because we might have to work with those people one day. I wasn't going to, okay. but uh, <laughs> but, but uh, basically, huh? I said we're media trained. Yeah, uh, I, it's just it's just bas- basically uh, if I get there and you your music is giving me one type of flow, but you're on stage presence. And demeanor is giving me another. Then I'm. I feel cheated in why I came to see you live. Mm. I never thought about that. So, so nobody, no artist has ever disappointed you, and um. I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm. If I'm going, if I'm going to, <laughs> if I if I'm going to go see an artist and they are off the wall, like wild, like jumping off jumping off banisters and shit, that that's the artist that I went to to go see. Like that's that's the energy I I want. Like I want if if I'm gonna go see Tory Lanez and this. This man jumping off the third floor to to st- uh, stage dive. That's that's the energy that I want to feel throughout the whole concert. I've seen that. Right. That makes sense. I've seen this one girl. It was a uh, it was JID and Jazz Cartier. It was not that many of us in there. Probably like twenty of us in there. So, so it was during Jazz Cartier set. Jazz gets off stage and he performs a song off stage. It was. Dope. I want to thank you guys for sticking with me and uh, getting through this interview. I know Sin is like over it. Uh, <laughs> you said what? You see how he's leaning in the chair? Yeah, I, I can tell. So. I'm, <laughs> You, you act differently. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say anything. Thank you very much for the invite. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, thank you guys for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, just let everybody know where they can find you, so I can plug you in the description. Um, let them know about Mad Nice Radio. Um, I know that things are, you know for in the flesh things are on hold at the moment um but yeah just let them know where they can find you on social media and how they can get in touch with you do you want to go first Senna? 
So you can find me on Instagram at Robot Emotions. Uh, personally, then our business page is at Mad Nice Events. That's on everything. So if you go to Facebook.com slash Mad Nice Events, Twitter.com slash Mad Nice Events, SoundCloud.com slash Mad Nice Events, Twitch.tv slash Mad Nice Events, and then mainly MadNiceEvents.com to stay up to date on what we're doing uh, and sign up for our newsletter so you know uh, you, you can stay in the loop in terms of our events as well as other things happening around Houston. Okay, Kyle, you got anything you wanna you wanna give him your personal Instagram or yeah. social medias? Yeah, Senna covered everything as far as with the business at Mad Nice Events across all platforms. Uh, we are, like you mentioned before, we are doing Mad Nice Radio in lieu of us not being able to do an actual event. Those are on Thursdays from seven to nine p.m. and on Sundays from twelve to two p.m. All central, both of them central time on our Twitch account on our twitch.tv backslash Mad Nice Events. Uh, my personal uh, social media handle is at k underscore McClue, and that's M C C L U E. K underscore M C C L U E. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Kyle McClue on Facebook, but I'm barely on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> That's about it. It's for old people. No, I'm just kidding. Right, but um, I definitely. You don't want to be like, damn, I've done come, I've come a long way. Go on Facebook. <laughs> um, definitely, I hate that place. No, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just want to. I, I again, I want to thank you guys for joining the show. Um, coming in to interview with me. I know it took longer than expected. So thank you so much for your patience, uh, Senna. And <laughs> thank you so much for being patient. I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you for your patience, Kyle. Um, yeah, make sure you guys tune in. Um, and thank you again. And I will plug all their social medias and I will... Talk to you guys another time. Yo, it's all love. All right. I appreciate it, Zakia.